0: This is a broadcast of Holland United Church of Christ. At Holland UCC, we seek to open the mind and engage the heart. We are a community of justice, peace, and affirmation in Holland, Michigan, where everyone is welcome to the table. The Holy Gospel according to Luke 13, Luke 13, 31 to 35. At that very hour, some Pharisees came and said to him, Get away from here, for Herod wants to kill you. Jesus said to them, Go and tell that fox for me, Listen, I am casting out demons and performing cures today and tomorrow, and on the third day I must finish my work. Yet today, tomorrow, and the next day I must be on my way, because it is impossible for a prophet to be killed outside of Jerusalem. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it. How often have I desired to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings and you are not willing. See, your house is left to you. And I tell you, you will not see me until the time comes when you say, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. For the word of God in scripture, for the word of God among us, with the word of God within us. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God. Has anyone seen the movie Children of Men? Children of Men. Okay, not all at once. <laughs> <laughs> it you know. uh, came out about 15 years ago, stars Clive Owen, uh, British actor. Uh, it's a movie about a dystopian future where women, all women, are infertile and no one can have a child. And no child, in fact, has been born for 18 years, so the youngest person is 18 years old. And facing the prospect of its own extinction, humanity, understandably, comes unglued a bit and the world falls into chaos. In many of the world's societies have collapsed and in Britain, all foreigners have been declared illegal immigrants and are rounded up by military forces to be deported. And this dark future is set taking place in the far-off year of 2027. <laughs> <laughs> I think this came out in 2026, so. So I think the youngest was 18. They were predicting this happening in the not-too-distant future. Well, this isn't too much of a spoiler, because you discovered this pretty early on, but a woman who is discovered who is mysteriously pregnant. And the film centers around the hopes of humanity in keeping this woman and her child to be safe, understandably. And it echoes a premise that we know is true, yet often fail to live out accordingly, and that is that the children are our future. The children are our future. Our text this morning began with Jesus receiving a death threat from Herod. Right? Some Pharisees come and say, hey, Herod wants to kill you. You've got to get out of here. And Herod is a client ruler, imbued by Rome, with some regional authority. And he's not afraid to use it to get what he wants. And if he sees Jesus as a threat, he has no problem, zero problem taking him out. And historical records show that he would often do just that. And you have to love Jesus' response here. Go and tell that fox that I'm gonna keep doing what I'm doing, my time isn't here yet. But it turns out that Herod is not the only threat violence in this time. If we were to go back to the beginning of chapter 13, it describes a scene where Pilate, who is the prefect or governor set up by Rome over Jerusalem, has killed some Galileans who came to Jerusalem simply to offer their worship. He killed them and to add insult to injury, he mixed their blood with their sacrifices, a desecration of the sacred space in which they offer that, the temple, and an insult to the entire Jewish people. And so the context in our text is violence and the threat of violence by those in power, those entrusted with power. And after Jesus receives this threat and he calls Herod a fox, he highlights some of what he's going to do continue healings, continue casting out demons. And then he turns his thoughts toward the city of Jerusalem, where he knows he must go to meet his fate. But his concern, we know, is not for himself so much as for the children. He says, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those who are sent to it, how often have I desired to gather your children as a hen gathers her brood under her wings? But you were not willing. You were not willing. And later in chapter 19, as he nears the city, he weeps over the city again. Now in Matthew's gospel, this only happens in one scene, but Luke has sort of divided this up into two scenes. And he'll say then in chapter 19, would that you, even you, had known on this day what would make for peace. But now it is hidden from your eyes. Jesus receives a death threat, yet his primary concern is not for himself, it is for Jerusalem, which we might see as emblematic of the entire Jewish people. And then he hones in more specifically on children. Why does he do that? Because he too knows that children are our future, and that too often they are innocents who are caught in the middle. And notice that he uses a female mothering image to describe his care. Right? Jesus is not afraid to use a mothering image to describe what he is himself is doing and feeling. That of a hen gathering her brood. Now, what did he call Herod? A fox. Right? A fox is a threat to a hen box is a threat to a hen and her offspring, her children. Because Jesus knows it's often the adults, and most often adults entrusted with power, were are the biggest threats to the well-being of children. And Jesus knows that when there's violence happening instead of peace, it is most often the children who suffer. Listen to his words again from Luke 19. Would that you, even you, had known on this day the things that make for peace. But now it's hidden from your eyes. And he's weeping as he says this. He's weeping because he knows there are some who will, under, who will misunderstand his message of peace. So not just misunderstand it, but reject it. His path of not responding to violence with violence. His way of turning the other cheek, of loving his enemies, of saying, the spiral of violence ends here and now with me. And Jesus is weeping because he knew, as Elie Wiesel put it, that when adults wage war, children perish. And that is as true today as it was then. We've all been devastated at the images coming out of Ukraine, the invasion happening there from Russia. And of course, the most heart-wrenching images are of the children, right? Children with carrying whatever they can, right? Maybe a suitcase, piece of clothing, a stuffed animal, fleeing with a parent, a grandparent, sometimes alone. Sometimes having to say goodbye to a parent who's staying behind to fight. Of course, the most devastating of all is children who have died. And you probably saw the scene of the little seven-year-old girl who was in the bunker singing Let It Go in Russian. Familiar Disney tune, and it was kind of fun to hear it in a different language, but just the innocence and the purity of heart and the smile so at odds with the context of being hunkered, underground, huddled, just trying to be safe. These children have been asked to let go of so much. UNICEF said just the other day that one million children have now fled Ukraine as war continues to ravage the country. A million! And how long has this been happening? maybe three weeks, right? At most, a million children already displaced and fleeing. Many fleeing to neighboring countries, hopefully with their families. It's hard to fathom that number. And UNICEF notes that worldwide, the number of children who have been forcibly displaced (laughs) is obviously much higher, much, much higher. 11.8 million child refugees worldwide. And of course, this isn't only due to what other countries are doing. There are times we have our own hand, our own actions to look at. We know that U.S.-led post-9-11 wars forcibly displaced millions of people from Afghanistan, Iraq, Pakistan, Yemen, and elsewhere. And many of those, of course, were children. The British social reformer of a century ago, Eglantine Jeb, said, every war is a war against Children. Even war entered in on with the best of intentions. Are there a lot of those? I don't know, actually. But. And she founded uh, an organization, this British social reformer, a century ago called Save the Children to help provide care in the wake of World War One. At the 1924 League of Nations Convention in Geneva, Eglantine presented a declaration of the rights of the child to leaders from around the world. And written by her, this short but clear document asserted what she believed were the human rights of every child. That the child who is hungry must be be fed, the child that is sick must be nursed, and the child that is backward must be helped. Remember, this was 100 years ago. The child uh, that is delinquent must be reclaimed, and the orphan in the wave must be sheltered and succored. And this declaration was adopted a year later, and then uh, adopted in an extended form in 1959 by the United Nations. And this went on to inspire the 1989 UN Convention on the Rights of the Child, a landmark human rights treaty. And so a lot of work has been done in an effort to do what Jesus Is calling for here to gather the children to gather the children and yet even with all that work even with all of that awareness right we know children still are vulnerable and under threat and not just from war so what comes to your mind as we think of things that might put children at risk today other than what we mentioned Okay, human trafficking. Poverty. Poverty. About, healthcare costs. Healthcare costs. Lack of access to healthcare. Yeah. Hunger. Hunger. Climate change. Climate, Climate change. change. Yeah. Incarceration. Incarceration. Yeah. Access to. Trauma from homework? Yes. Yeah. Abuse. Trauma from such abuse. Access to education. Access to education or like thereof. Yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot. And yet, what gives you hope about the future? They're incredibly resilient. The resiliency of children, yeah. Easy to come up with a list of, of what feels like a challenge, right? But what else might give you hope? The curiosity. Curiosity of children. Innocence. Innocence of children. Acceptance. Acceptance. Organizations dedicated to child welfare. Yeah. Folks doing good work to help children, to try to create the kind of world that we want our children to grow up in. Absolutely. Willingness to call us short on climate change. Yeah, willingness to call us short and sometimes to lead the way, right? When the adults are dragging their feet. Absolutely, absolutely. And that was right on cue, Jeff. Uh, The truth is it is often, right, the children lead us the children who inspire us and there have been inspiring stories coming out even of ukraine of children we mentioned the seven-year-old girl singing in a bunker there's the story of the 11-year-old boy who on his own traveled 620 miles to flee ukraine carrying nothing but uh, his passport a plastic bag and a phone number of a relative written on his hand 620 miles 11 years old. And then there's the story of the nine-year-old Ukrainian boy named Maxim, and he had been learning, just learning to play the piano. And he was supposed to play his first concert last week, he said, but then the shelling started. And they had to flee. So we packed up a few things to take with him, including some musical scores and a roll-up silicone uh, keyboard as the family fled. And they wound up in Lviv, a city in western Ukraine, where his mother, he and his mother and brother found shelter in an auditorium, the auditorium of Lviv Academic Theater, which is being used as a transit center for refugees like them who are fleeing the conflict. And Maxime gave an impromptu performance on the piano to an audience of dozens of women and children who have fled from all over Ukraine and are huddled there to be safe, at least for now. And so I'm gonna play a little piece uh, for us so we can listen to this little nine-year-old boy playing the piano. No, Barry Sanders, that's not what I wanted. (laughs) I knew that was gonna happen. And as we uh, listen to this, I just want you to picture the scene, right? Just imagine the scene of people huddled and gathered in this auditorium, people who have fled violence, people who have left family behind, people who don't know where some of their family members are, some who know they've had to say goodbye to them, some who are hearing even the air raid sirens happening, perhaps, as this music is playing. And here is a little nine-year-old boy at the piano. I play the piano," says this little nine-year-old. "I forget about the war." Man, hit you right in the right in the gut. So we are called friends to make a more beautiful world, a safer world, a world where children have a chance to learn and are protected from harm a world where every child receives a healthy start and faces a brighter future we are to gather the children and yet the truth is it's often the children who gather us amen, amen. maybe so